When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the latest Blakey's Bootroom podcast here from Wales Online. Nathan Blake and Paul Abandonato in the studio to revel in the glory that is Cardiff City right now. And uh, Paul, uh, it's been pretty good in the last couple of weeks, building and building. And then we had uh, the weekend, 5-0, the biggest win for a long, long time. Great atmosphere, great goals, great, just great stuff. It was. It was a rare game where you could actually sit in Cardiff City Stadium and actually enjoy the match because you knew Cardiff were going to win it the moment they went... Um, Head in the twelfth minute, rather were rubbish. That needs to be <laughs> emphasised. But how often the Cardiff City score five goals? It's a real rarity. Blakey said on this podcast last week it was a little bit of a shock to me, but he hinted that after the win at Leeds and Derby, after the wins at Leeds and Derby, that within the dressing room the leader should be saying we can aim for the playoffs now. That's rather set an agenda because all of a sudden lots of fans are talking about that prospect as well still remains remote remote we must mm-hmm. emphasize mm-hmm. but suddenly there's something for Cardiff to aim for rather than just mid-table mediocrity absolutely mm. why do we think it's clicked then Nathan it seems to have just all fallen into place the last three games because they were difficult games on paper particularly Leeds and Derby right? yeah it, take, it takes time John you know I think today we're all in the we all get sucked into this instant success sort of thing and you know 10 games gone and you haven't gone from say 18th to second and everyone's saying ah well you know you know it it takes time it takes time to people to adjust the training methods you know training might have been harder things like that you you come fitter but in the process you're tireder during games I've been there trust me and um, so there's there's all different reasons why but what you see for me what you're seeing now is a team that's listen they're never going to play like Arsenal but I think they'll get to playing like a Burnley play good football not great football but good football Mm. and forward quickly you know and heavily reliant upon set pieces they have been in the past but if you're playing good football plus great set pieces you become a very dangerous team. Mm-hmm. Well, what about, let's talk about Kenneth Sahor briefly. I know we, we seem to touch on him uh, most weeks, Paul, but, but you particularly, you've never seemed that convinced, even when Neil Warnock's been praising him, you know, will he score the goals? Uh, are you now convinced? No. <laughs> Come on. Um, to be honest with you. Um, in fact, I was watching watching the game on Saturday and I was thinking, Carter, for 3-0 up, they're going to get a hatful here and the one thing that needs to happen in a hatful is your centre forward has got to come to the party and get on the score sheet himself which he then did mm-hmm. with um, you know a couple of excellent goals let's mm. be honest the second goal was nonchalant mm. you know, but fantastic the, but, the, but the first goal was from an acute angle yeah. as well Blakey it mm-hmm. was a really good finish um, into the far corner as well so um, no, the jury's still out for me but I come back to that wonder goal he scored at the stadium the other week which totally opened my eyes to him, and I thought this 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 twenty three year old's got talent. 
he's got serious talent to be able to do that mm. and again it was a sublime finish that day so mm. he's a he's the, a big unit the jury's out for you. he's a good player uh, you know I have to say he, he's been here a while and you didn't see the best of him and I say you know when you're in a club and you, you get there and you discover things aren't right things are a bit up in the air you know dress room kind of leading the club sort of thing mm. you know I'm not surprised he kind of went into a shell you know so and you're not showing the sort of form that people are going to say I'll credit you with being a good player if you play rubbish every week then people are going to say well you're a rubbish player you know people are not aware of what's going on behind closed doors so they don't realise their confidence is affected I think what you're seeing now is once the manager if you notice once the manager has said I'm not buying another striker because there's no money yeah. I'm going to go with Zahor confidence what that gives you as a player knowing that you are now the lead and the manager has to and is to and willing to and happy to place his confidence in you you just see and it just gives you a massive boost I can't explain reason why I suppose it'd be no different if you're a journalist and the editor really dislikes you you're going to find work in here very uncomfortable and you're not going to do your best work whereas if you know he respects you and likes you mm. that allows you to flourish doesn't it it's you know it's the same in any walk of life I suppose so I think what he's done and what he's shown in some of the goals he scored is some really good do you want to get that there's some really fantastic touches but what I, what I would say is I don't see him as a 25 striker 25 goal a season probably will have the odd season where he'll do that but I do see him as a 15 to 20 goal striker and if you can get someone else who is a 20 goal striker that gives you your you know 35 45 plus goals alone from two players so I think he can become a very important or integral part of the, the team not what the I, squad what I want to see from him Blakey and not fantastic finishes all the time which is what we what we get what I want to see to make sure the jury isn't out anymore are goals inside the penalty box like like Radamel Falcao was scoring against, for Monaco mm. against Man City on Tuesday mm. night um, he's very much a penalty box predator isn't he and yeah. I, I want to see Zahora in there with the headers from 8 yards out or getting the tappings off the goal but you know what you have to have for that Paul Service. Crosses, service. That's what he's doing. He's scoring goals off his own back. Yeah. So if you say right, okay, plus because I rather have a player who can actually make goals for himself than a player that just waits around the six-yard box or eighteen-yard box. Because what I say is, you take out that eighteen-yard box player, and you take away, say, two of the players who are his main uh, feeders. And he becomes nothing. Yeah. Whereas the, the player like Zahor will give you eight or nine goals a season just off what he can do alone. Right? So if you then add two wingers who are putting in crosses or you know midfielders who can put the ball in certain positions for him often, which is which then comes down to like Paul said, service, you know, that's why I say he then can get uh, 15, 20 goals a season, I believe, without a shadow of a doubt. You know, but you have to have the service mm. and we don't set pieces we put the ball in the box but if you look at when's the last time you've seen wingers I don't mean the one off I mean wingers go past their full backs and whip balls in i.e. like Monaco were playing last night what you've seen was just sheer pace and power going forward 
and a man in Falcao couldn't handle the English game, just on the end of the on the end of things in the, in the box, you know, it can be done, mm. but you have to give them service. Yeah, yeah. We talked about confidence there with with the players that Warnock's put into them, but what about the fans? Because it, it does seem a very special sort of thing that's building between Warnock and the fans. He, he's, he hasn't been there that long. He's already one of the most popular, certainly more popular than the last couple of Cardiff City managers anyway. <laughs> that's not <laughs> difficult with respect. Uh, funny enough, we're preparing a piece to go online and in the Echo later this week on Cardiff managers over the last 30, 40 years and where Warnock ranks in terms of the popularity stakes compared to the others there's one or two like Malcolm Mackay when he was here certainly mm. if not with subsequent events and Eddie May who were right up there but Warnock is very much of that ilk now when it comes to popularity I can't remember at what point of the game it was I think it was after Cardiff went 3-0 up it may have been 4-0 but the Canton stand suddenly started there was only 1-0 Warnock chance on Saturday and very quickly, that just went viral around the ground, if you see what I mean. It just reverberated. Everybody latched onto it. And I I can't recall that. I know, I know they used to chant, don't sack Mackay briefly, you know, for a while. And, and there was Eddie Mays Barmy Army. Before we knew which, done that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> we There was Eddie Mays Barmy Army in the 90s. But I've rarely known a manager at Cardiff held in such clear affection by the fans as Neil Warnock seems to be. And it seems to have come of a shock to him and his family. I remember his wife saying she was on a forum and she was shocked that everybody says nice things about mm. him. He is a Marmite character, Blakey, in the game. And I think he's genuinely shocked by complete and utter affinity from the Cardiff fans towards him. Yeah, I think he was a very Marmite character back in his early young, or his younger days. Mm. But as you grow older, you calm, don't you? And he's 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 nowhere near as aggressive as he was when, you know, I was playing against his teams. Nowhere near on a touchline. He was really aggressive mm. in my day. But it comes with age, doesn't it? You just calm. You know, most people just calm and become a bit more thoughtful and you know and I think he's people still know it's like Fergie, they still knew he had that edge if he needed it. Mm. But his reputation goes before him so he doesn't need to pull it out of the bag very often you know if the team are are real poor and what have you and they've been playing well in recent weeks then it's time to give it to them but if your team is struggling with confidence then first and foremost you've got to drag them up and I think what he's done is rather than you know tough love sort of thing he's given uh, a few players a bit of leeway Mm. And he's protected a lot of players, in my opinion. Mm. Um, he's allowed them to make their mistakes and not bury them. He's, you know, protected them, if you like. And as a player, you realise, oh, this guy's got my back. So, slowly but surely, you know, the power has moved from the dressing room yeah. into the manager's office where exactly should, it should be. And then what happens is he becomes the Pied Piper and the players follow the attitude of the players follow the leadership of the manager I always say it mm. yeah there's only been one occasion where I've played for a manager where the players have had to get together and say you know listen regardless of him this is what we've got to do yeah. you know so that wouldn't happen under his watch it's no coincidence he went to Rotherham done what he's done and then you look at his career and what he's done as a manager and he's come to Cardiff Okay, it might have taken a couple of months longer than what people anticipated, but that was only because what he'd done at Rotherham was so freakish, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so give him time. And like I've said, 
he's the man, give him the money, and I don't say it blase, give him the money and, you know, follow his lead. It's as simple as that. I don't understand the club's position. You were willing to give money to the likes of Paul Trollope and, what's his name? Slade. Russell Slade and Oli Solskjaer and Neil Warner comes in with seven promotions you're desperate for him you go to him begging him to come he comes and then once you get him get him in you slightly move the goalposts on him well you know I'm here to say that you know on their head be it because I, I know the character of Neil Warnock if you start make, making promises and go against those promises or he feels there's not a realistic chance of gaining promotion, then he walks away. Mm, he doesn't need to be here. He, he, he doesn't need to be here. He's, but at the same time, he's not saying to you, I'm doing you a favour. No, he's no. becoming frustrated at the fact that, I can listen, I've got a great affiliation with the fans. I've managed to turn your team around, right, in, you know, in their way of thinking, that I'm the manager, not them. I'm the manager, which is massive, mm. trust me. Now it's time for you as a board of directors and a club and a chairman to support your manager and put together your plan. Ask him what his plans are, put together your plan. Hmm. They, they can't though, can they? But I mean, we met Dalman again on the weekend saying how much they want to keep Warnock, how much he thinks he, say, he will stay, how, how much their ambitions are aligned, but, and there's always that but, financial fair play, it's problematic. Cut yeah. your wage bill, that would have helped, yeah. Well, there's there's a couple of things there. One is he he's Warnock's travelled to London to see him this week mm-hmm. to have this all explained to him by Mehmet. Um two is Nathan's right, you can cut the wage bill. There are players out of contract. There may even have to be some massive decisions made this mm-hmm. summer. I think you have to. That might have to include Peter Whittingham, Nathan. Yeah, yeah listen. You know, you, you, that's you, a big call, Nathan. Yeah. For a legend like that. You can't go on forever, Paul. And if you want to win promotion, you know, listen, I've gone on record and said I would use him sparingly. But if you had the, if you can get 25 games out of him, then I would I would keep him. But if it came down to, right, this is a decision that, you know, needs to be made and Peter's the person where, okay, I take this player for 50 games, I take this player for 20, Peter's gone. It's not even a second down in my mind. And I know it's tough. And I know it's not a case of, well, I don't like him or don't love him or don't recognise what he's done for the club. I just understand football. Mm. And it is about success. People will always respect him. He'll always be welcome back. People will always love him. Might give him a testimony at the end of the year, whatever. Maybe give him a position on the coaching staff. I don't know. But at some point... All good things come to an end, John. What I, what I would say they is do. that by hook or by crook, the numbers have to stack up somehow. Our colleague Chris Watham wrote an excellent report of the game um, from Saturday where he said that this was almost like another Toshak moment, Lumen for Cardiff. And to this day, Toshak's sale, was it late 60s or early 70s? Early 70s, wasn't it? Um, Toshak's sale on, mate, I don't know. <laughs> was still <laughs> held against... Yeah, that was the moment which apparently turned Cardiff fans. They'd had enough of yet another player being sold, and that led to a doldrum. Sometimes in the doldrum before, you know, the magnificent millennium that we've just, you know, we've had in this millennium. But, but, you know, Warnock cannot 
cannot be allowed to leave the football club by hook or by crook. The numbers have got to be crunched to enable him. Do you know what, Paul? What we sit. We sit. But there might have to be compromise from him as well here. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I think there already has been. We sit here and we discuss the situation, right? But I look at. I look. I've been within football clubs, and I know people will get told all sorts of things to get you to sign on that dotted line, right? And once you sign on that dotted line, things change. Things change as simple as that. And for me, they've already changed. I was under the impression that Neil Warnock would have money to spend in January, and I think we all were, right? Because he's made such a point of it, and the club kind of hinted to when he came in, oh, January we will look to strengthen again, right? They hadn't said we're going to spend this amount of money, but they were kind of like on singing from the same hymn sheet then. Mm. Get through to January, and then we can pick up a couple, and then maybe go again in the summer. When that didn't happen, I thought, okay... This is the start of something. Yeah. Now, what Neil has said subsequently, I think, is fantastic, really, because he's just said, okay, no problem. I'll show you how good I really am. I'll click my fingers and I'll turn Zahor into a striker. <laughs> right? I'll turn him into what you didn't think, what most people, well, everybody thought wasn't possible. He's done it. So I then say, when you, when you can see someone work in that kind of magic what would stop you from supporting that if you want to get promote promotion? Mm, which is the ultimate goal. Which is everything. the ultimate goal. So if he walks away, I'm telling you now, the, the, the crash, that the, 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 the club wouldn't have seen anything like it. I could see, if, if Warnock walked away, I could see next season being... Eight ten thousand max all season. This this is why Chris was alluding to the to the Toshat moment. It would be the the modern day version of what happened forty years ago, supposedly. But but the one thing that can stop it, mate, is FFP mm. and the bad running of the club. Well, FFP in subsequent year in previous years. It, it, well, it comes Cups, to, catches up with it. Catches up with you, yes. But the FFP you control mm. by looking at your wage structure. Yeah, you don't continue along the same lines. If if they've got financial fair play problems and they've had them for two years, well, you should have been putting a plan in place now, which is going to reduce that. But what they've done is actually wait till Neil's come in to say, right, do this, do that, change this, change that. So he's already made adjustments, but it's difficult when a player's on a three-year, four-year contract to say, right, you know, nobody wants you but you're out. The player's going to say, well, no, I'll just sit. I'll pick up my dough and if I train with the kids, I train with the kids. But if, you know, chances are, you're not going to be here in a year's time, two years' time. So then the next manager will come in, he might he might love me and I'm back in the fold. So it's, it, that's what I'm saying. And, and initially, the contracts, how they were written, who done them, what players they bought and the amount of players they had, which is the problem for me, you know, the club, that's the club's responsibility. That's not the new manager's responsibility. That's for them to sort out. Mem- Listen, Mehmet Dalman's a banker, isn't he? He works in finance. So forget that it's a player, just use it as a commodity and deal with it. Get that bill down. Get the players, know the players. Now you've got a manager who can tell you, well, you keep him, you don't keep him and him. You keep him and him, you don't keep him. You've got that. So take, take his word for it. Use his experience. And you should be able to improve that situation with the FFP, for me. 
Well, I think Blakey must know what he's talking about financially because just to give the listeners some sort of perspective, he's sitting here opposite me wearing a black Levi shirt, which must have cost about 300 quid, but he has taken off his expensive bobble hat, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what bobble hat is that? Uh, Louis Vuitton, did you say? Oh, goodness <laughs> me. Goodness Come on, Iceland. <laughs> We're talking about next season, obviously all about next season. But what, what about this dream then, Blakey, that you put in everyone's heads and we should be looking at promotion <laughs> this season, top six. I mean, we're, we're looking at the table, 12th, which is good, yeah. 45 points. Still, still, what are we, still 13 points off okay. sixth place? Let me see. Ridiculous. Right, so the two Sheffield t- Wednesday lost last night. Sheffield right? Wednesday lost last yeah. night, right? So there's Sheffield Wednesday, Norwich, I believe. Uh, just outside. Norwich is seventh on fifty. Right, so you're at Norwich and Fulham, seventh and eighth. Right, so so you at so Norwich is seventh, Sheffield Wednesday sixth. Yeah. Right, so I'm always talking about those two spots. Yeah. So I'm saying, listen, it's a long shot. No, it's me, mate. It's a long shot, but it's never impossible. Right. I'm not saying we're gonna get in the playoffs. I'm saying there's a very very slim chance here. And this is how it can work. It's going to be difficult for both Norwich and Sheffield Wednesday to fall down, right? But neither of them are in great form at the moment, right? Cardiff are. So I'm saying if you can get to, say, nine to ten games to, to go and you've closed that gap to six or seven points, right? Five or six points. Then what happens is, is what you're seeing at Derby at the moment. Pressure starts to tell. And things change very rapidly under pressure. All of a sudden, people who were looking sturdy and mm. steadfast, all of a sudden, are slicing balls here and panic in there. So, because they know you come in. So, if Cardiff can continue on this, even a draw in every two or three games, but picking up two or three wins, yeah. I'm saying this momentum thing happens and a belief thing happens. You know, I always just say is believing and truly believing. Mm. Well, these players now will start to truly believe that it's possible to catch sixth place. Yeah. So I'm not trying to feed the dream of the playoff to everybody to get them hyped up, although it does help because if the fans go hyped, they hype the team. Yep, the team yep. plays better. But there is a slim chance. But in order to make it, it's both Norwich and Sheffield Wednesday. If it was just one, I would be a bit more confident. But two of them, I think that's why I say it is a long shot. But stranger things have happened, mate. Really. Stranger mm. things have happened. There's still 15 games to go, I think. 16 games to go. That's a lot of points to play for. It is. It is indeed. I mean, the next five Cardiff games, obviously big, the big ones, Fulham, who I think four points ahead of Cardiff right now on the weekend. That's at home. Then it's QPR away both Black, playing well Blackburn away Birmingham mm-hmm. home Ipswich home so you've got a decent run of some players of the yeah. Cardiff, right? yeah. it actually looks quite good isn't it but you've got to be looking at sort of four wins out of those five well you look at it, well then you look at then you take the other side and you look at Cardiff's form what you get from going to Leeds and winning what you get from going to Derby and winning and then as we said last week Excuse me, Rotherham is the type of it was a banana skin sort of thing. Yeah, it's one of those right? that would be nil nil. Yeah, nil nil, yeah. right? And then the dream is, or you go out and win, like Paul said, by three or four clear goals. Well, actually, you've just gone and 
bettered it. You've just gone out and won five. So now you've beaten the top of the table teams and the bo- you've wiped the floor with the bottom of the table. That tells you we're in top form here. Or we're in very good form. And in my, I think there's still, playing-wise, there's still a lot more to come. So you start to then think, you put all that together and think, well, you know, if they can get within three or four points of Norwich over the next four, five, six games, okay, and then you get within Sheffield Wednesday, five or six points and there's seven, eight games to go. Hey, hey. You never know. You never you know. Never, you never know. You never. How, how much of an issue is it? The, the game on Saturday is the same time as the rugby, isn't it? Which is, <laughs> how much does that um, well have an impact on the sort of the, the momentum, the crowd? Rugby you know, takes precedence, doesn't it, in this country? Yeah. Well, how much is the crossover of the fans? I don't know. Really, it's a crossover enough to knock thousands off the gate on Saturday, so. which which really annoys me. Come on, Bluebirds fans! Um, never mind chasing the listen, egg. Listen, <laughs> you're needed. There'll, your country needs you, your club needs you. There'll be a lot of Cardiff fans listening to this who hate rugby, mm. you know, the age old, you know, it's establishment yeah. sport, blah, blah, blah. But the fact remains, there are thousands, and I'm one it. of them, who love the two sports. Yeah. I'm personally caught between two stools. I only <gasps> admit this now, this weekend. That's how, me, am I, how am I going to watch the rugby and the football? You I don't. Do you watch the football? Well, I mean, I, 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 yeah. uh, I want to watch Wales Scotland, though, you see. You I go mean, for a drink in the pub anytime. Do you know what I'm thinking, Blakey? I'm even thinking of going to the ground, mm. watching Scotland Wales mm. in the. Uh, in the concourse area and then at least I'm then in situ to be able to watch the second half of Cardiff versus <laughs> you're torn, Fulham, you, you're you know? really but this is I'm torn because it's Cardiff Fulham and it's a huge game yeah. Fulham you talk about Norwich there Fulham will expect to be in the playoffs yeah um, they're in eighth place they're four points ahead of Cardiff yeah as we speak they're playing Bristol City on Wednesday evening so it remains to be seen what the gap is come Saturday um, but but Fulham expects to be a player, so it's a big game for Cardiff. If they can beat Fulham and get that gap back, mm. you know, the momentum's there. And it continues, doesn't it? So it's a massive game, and I think under any other circumstance, John, with X number of three wins on the on the bounce, this could be four wins on the bounce for the first time since the title-winning team under Marky Mackay, so we're talking quite a while ago. Mm. Cardiff could expect a twenty to 25,000 crowd for this game. Yeah. I think the fact that it clashes with the rugby, which, as I say, angers me, will knock quite a few off the gate. Unfortunately, Do you know, I, I think hope, if people I like you, I think if people like yourself, Paul, really committed to the football first, <laughs> I think people would follow you and follow your example. I really do, and say, do you know what? My football club needs me more than my country right now. You know, uh, I always, every year, Six Nations, I always go with my great to. But this year, no, I'm blue. Not red for a day, I'm blue, first and foremost. And I can record it, but, you know, I've got a box now, you can catch up TV and all that. It is an issue, day. though. It is an issue, because... I don't even know Wales are playing, who they're playing they're by playing Scotland away. And, and it's... Why is it? Uh, why? Why, is, why is it being scheduled for a simultaneous kickoff time? It, you they're challenging us. That's what they're Scotland doing. They're challenging your... Your it's very interesting. Commitment. I, rem- I remember when he came in in 2000, Sam and Mam said, we are going to take on rugby. Yeah, we're going to make Cardiff City the number one team in Wales, blah, blah, blah. They were going to blow rugby out of the water, this, that and the other. I don't ever see the, the point in even the two challenging. No. Football's just a bigger sport. It's done. You this know? is where the <laughs> chance... You know, the, the, the powers that be might want 
and pretend that rugby is the biggest in Wales or the Welsh national sport. But if you went and done a survey across the country of all the kids, mate, it's, don't you know? It's, it's, there's very few countries in the world which would have rugby as the number one sport. Very few countries actually play rugby. Yeah, it's just the way it is. So the, to wind up on this, the point is that Cardiff have got momentum, and those fans who do go down to the stadium will create a rip roar because Fulham will bring a lot of fans down yeah because there's a lot for them to play for they create a rip roar well, there's a bit of there's a bit of history between the two clubs as well I recall up at Craven Cottage in do, my day do you know what whatever happens I guarantee the gate will be substantially bigger than that FA Cup fight <laughs> there were about yeah. two people in the ground earlier well me and you wasn't it me and you I did watch that game by the way yeah. from its entirety you were on one side of the stadium I was on the other what an awful 90 minutes that was <laughs> Before we finish with predictions, any quick quick word on the, the only bad news of the week? Oh, get it for the boy! Absolutely devastated for the boy. Yeah, at least nine months. We're talking something like that. Uh, well, a cruciate is minimum nine months. Mm. Um, you know, I devastated for the boy. I went to Newport last night to watch them against Morecambe, and, and the boys were saying like I said, oh, how about resealing? I saw good for him. And one of my mates. Um, Neil Parcell said, uh, he said, crazy in the name. He's played on this yeah, yeah. for so many months. He came off it, he goes straight home to Cardiff, a couple of games, and he does an injury like mm. that. It's, it's so disappointing. He'd be distraught, the lad. But listen, the positive is what Reese is, he's a slim body player. But he will need to strengthen and thicken, not get massive, but become physically stronger he uses his body well but what he'll find is after his his injury is layoff he will fill out a lot yeah he will become physically a lot stronger because of the program you have to follow weights swimming yeah. you know and it, it's a lot of upper body will be because his knee will be in a brace so you know the way they repair the cruciate these days i don't see many people having a second or breaking down off it. Yeah. He might get a few minor injuries, you know, after where he was overcompensated a bit. But I would say give him give him, you know, maybe Christmas. Maybe yeah, around Christmas. Uh, I think if you'll see him back in a bluebird shirt and um you know Good luck to him with his recovery because yeah, uh, he's, he's he was on his that way. He may have a future at this I think, yeah, well, yeah, and I think, and that's why I think, although this injury sounds, well, it is terrible for the lad, I think it could, you know, benefit him in the sense where when he comes back physically, he'll be even better at this level. That's my true belief. Mm, well, yeah, let's hope so. Absolutely, absolutely. Yes, predictions then, Paul. You can uh, kick us off. Will it be a fourth win in a row? Mm-hmm. That's a very rare achievement at the Championship, let alone for Cardiff City. Yeah, um, do you know what? Uh, this is an entirely different challenge to Rother. I know that's distinctly obvious, but you can see what a fantastic manager Neil Warnock is when you look at how bad that Rotherham team are. And what he did with them <laughs> yeah. to get them away from relegation. That was an unbelievable Although Alan Stubbs did change 13 players there in the summer, which I thought was crazy. <laughs> um, and a new board job. I think there's too much momentum with Cardiff now. Yeah, I, I do. Um, and the Warnock factor. I'm going to draw 2 1 Cardiff. I'm, I'm, I'm going to say, say I think Cardiff will win. I think you'll have 
spells for Fulham and you'll see some yeah. good moves and but I think Cardiff are good defensively though aren't they Cardiff will be much tighter defensively and they'll counter attack better and I think with Zahor um, I think physically Cardiff will just overpower Fulham because I've seen Fulham I think it was last week in the week uh, midweek and they were they, you know they're lovely to watch they are beautiful to yeah. watch but they're a bit lightweight mm. and I think that's where Cardiff's power and prowess Will, will come to fruition I think it'll take over so I'm going to go uh, 3-1 win Cardiff ok the playoff charge continues <laughs> indeed thank you uh, thank you Nathan for that little trumpet and uh, thank you Paul thank you all for listening uh, as always uh, and we will see you again next week take care